today, and I want to talk about being a generous person. So let's start with Psalm 37. This is verses 25 and 26. It says, I, David is writing this psalm, and he said, I was young, and now I am old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken, or their children begging bread. They are always generous and lend freely. Their children will be blessed. David, as an old man, says, I have noticed something throughout my life, that God's people are never destitute. He says, I've never seen a righteous person, their children having to go out and beg bread. God always takes care of them. And why and how are they financially secure is that they give their money away. In the upside-down kingdom of heaven, the path to financial security is to give your money away. Everything about God is the opposite of what we would think. Backward from what the world does, it opposes our sensibilities and our fears and our common sense. And God says, no, if you want to be financially secure, the way to arrive at that is to be generous. I have never seen the righteous forsaken. I have never seen their children out begging for bread because they are always generous and lend freely and their children will be blessed. If you want your children to be financially blessed, you give your money away. Earlier in that same psalm, verse 21, he says, The wicked borrows but does not pay back, but the righteous is generous and gives. If you are a righteous person, you will be a generous person. You can't claim to be righteous if you're not generous. Psalm 112, verses 1 to 9. Praise the Lord. How joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying His commands. Their children will be successful everywhere. Who's they? Their children. They is the people who fear the Lord and get excited about obeying Him. Do you get excited about obeying God? Yeah. All right. Joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying his commands. Their children will be successful everywhere. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. If you want to change the world or change the culture, as the the church is fond of saying these days, this is how we do it. To fear the Lord and delight in obeying his commands. They themselves, the they is still the people who get excited about obeying God. They themselves will be wealthy and their good deeds will last forever. Light shines in the darkness for the godly. They are generous, compassionate, and righteous. Good comes to those who lend money generously and conduct their business fairly. Such people will not be overcome by evil. Those who are righteous will be long remembered. They do not fear bad news. They confidently trust the Lord to care for them. They are confident and fearless and can face their foes triumphantly. They share freely and give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. They will have influence and honor. The people who fear the Lord and get excited about obeying Him, three times this passage mentions, amongst a couple of other things, but the main thing it says about those of us who are saying that we're obeying God is that we are generous. We, get, we take care of the poor, we take care of the people around us. Three times it says we are generous and give to those in need, that we share, and because of that we do not need to fear bad news. Because we've done, ahead of time, we've done what was right. Proverbs 11, 24 and 25. One person is generous 
and yet grows more wealthy, and another withholds more than he should and comes to poverty. A generous person will be enriched, and the one who provides water for others will himself be satisfied. Here's Solomon saying, I've noticed a pattern here, that there are people who give away more than they should, but yet they continue to get wealthier. And other people are stingier than they should be, yet they never have enough. There are so many different ways to apply that, but I'm sure you know some people who are miserly, and whether they have money or not, they never have enough, right? There are rich people that just never have enough, and there are poor people that just never have enough, and there are rich people who are very free and generous, and there are poor people who are very free and generous. In fact, I see that more often. The less people have, the less hold it has on their heart. It is not universally true, but it is very common, even in this church. The more money people have, the less they give. One person is generous and yet continues to get wealthier. And another withholds more than he should, yet comes to poverty. It's not an accident that the word miser, miser means somebody who's stingy with his money, think Uncle Scrooge, you know, McDuck. Miser is, is the root word of miserable. Miserable is like a miser. There are people who are just continually grubbing and grabbing and whether they're working or just trying to work the system or even being criminal, they're just trying to grab money all the time and they never have enough and then other people are unsensibly generous. Like shockingly, almost foolishly generous, yet they always seem to have enough and even more. Solomon says, I see a pattern there, that there's a person who's generous but grows more wealthy. Back in Proverbs 19, Solomon says this, whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord and he will repay him for his deed. If you give money to the poor, we're loaning to God. I wonder what kind of interest rates God pays. I'll bet it's a lot better than the banks. I'll bet it's a lot better than Bitcoin. Some of you don't even know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> you could have made a lot of money in Bitcoin in the last few months. I'll bet God's interest rate is pretty good. I'll bet it doesn't show up in two weeks, but I'll bet it's pretty good. Proverbs 21, 26 says, The righteous gives and does not hold back. There it is again. If I claim to be righteous, the proof of it is that I give. Proverbs 22, 9 says, He who has a generous eye will be blessed, for he gives of his bread to the poor. What could it possibly mean to have a generous eye? I think it means somebody who looks for opportunities to be generous. Somebody who is looking for opportunities to be generous. Not when I have to or when it's forced on me or only when I'm emotionally moved, but I am looking for excuses to be generous. I think that's what it means to have a generous eye. I'm looking around for things that I can give to Isaiah 32.8 says, Generous people plan to do what is generous, and they stand firm in their generosity. Generous people plan to do what is generous, 
and they stand firm in their generosity. In Luke 6, 38, Jesus said, Give to others, and God will give to you. Indeed, you will receive a full measure, a generous helping, poured into your hands, all that you can hold. The measure you use for others is the one that God will use for you. The measure you use for others is the one that God will use for you. So the words of Jesus. This isn't some um, get-rich-quick gospel, because it isn't quick, but it is Jesus. Jesus said, if you give to others, God will give back to you, and he will give you full measure. Other translation says he will pack it in. He will press it down. It will be overflowing what he gives back to you when you take care of the people around you in love. The measure you use for others is the one God will use for you. 2 Corinthians 8, 2 says, Their joy was so great that they were extremely generous in their giving, even though they are very poor. Paul is writing to the Corinthians about another church giving an offering for the poor in Jerusalem. And he said they're very poor, but they were so happy to give, they were extremely generous. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 8 says, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Here Paul is comparing us giving our money to planting a seed. And when we plant seeds, we're giving them up, but we get more back than what we give. It's impossible to outgive God. It really is. And I told you two weeks ago that we cannot begin being generous until after we've tithed because tithing is not being generous. Tithing is just paying God what's his. It's just not stealing is all that is. But after we get to 11%, then we're giving our own money away. And Paul says that generosity is like planting a seed. And when you plant a lot it will you'll harvest it back but it's free you're free to give it or not says give what you've decided in your heart tithing is required giving is not giving is always a gift of love it's always a free will choice because god loves a cheerful giver and that word in the greek is hilarious god loves a hilarious giver who is just laughing all the way out of the bank God is able to make his grace abound to you so that in all things at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. 2 Corinthians 9.13 says this a few verses later, Though the test, Through the testing of this ministry, you glorify God by your obedience to the confession of the gospel of Christ and by the generosity of your sharing with them and with all others. It's kind of a wordy verse, but basically Paul says, Your giving is a test of your obedience to what you say you believe. That's what he says. It's a test of your obedience to your confession of the gospel. You say you believe in Christ, but if you're not generous, you don't really believe. This is is a test. Other translation says, I'm testing your obedience, is the way it's put. You say you believe, prove it with your checkbook toward the poor, toward other people. Ephesians 4, 28 says, let him who steal... Who, let me start over. 
Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. One of the reasons that we work our job is not just to pay our own bills, but to be able to have money to give away. That's amazing that God just says, work a job so you've got money to give away. It's that matter of fact. It's that assumed on God's part that you will not spend or keep all that you make. You work a job so you have money to give it away to other people. In 1 Timothy 6, it says this, As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. There it is again. Paul said earlier in 2 Corinthians, when we give, it's like sowing a seed, and it will come back to us. We will harvest it back. And Solomon said, I noticed that the people who give their money away tend to get wealthier. And here Paul says, when, we, when they give their money away, when they're generous and ready to share, they are storing up treasure for themselves for the future. I think Jesus said something about storing up treasure. Jesus said, store up treasure in heaven, not on earth. How do we do that? Paul tells us right here, by giving our money away. Anytime we give money away, it deposits it in the bank in heaven. Jesus told us to store up treasure in heaven. I don't know why we would need to be wealthy in eternity, but Jesus said to do it. Somebody would say, well, I don't care if I'm wealthy in heaven. I'm just going to be glad to be there. Well, yeah, yes, amen, praise God. But Jesus said to do it. So, and there are people who obey and there are people who don't. Some people are going to be wealthier in eternity than others. And I don't know exactly what that means, but I know that the people who obeyed Jesus are going to be happier than the people who didn't. That's what I know. I know that I want to do what Jesus said, and here Paul explains how to do what Jesus said. When we give away our money to take care of the poor or people around us, it is storing up treasure for the future, for eternal life. And last scripture in Mark 12, Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money into the treasury, and many who were rich put in much. Then one poor widow came and threw in two pennies. So he called his disciples to himself, and he said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury, for they all put in out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had, her whole livelihood." Jesus made it very clear. It is, there is no debate about it. Jesus made it very clear that percentage is what matters, not dollar amount. Percentage is what matters. That this woman who gave two cents, in fact, it's more like a quarter of a cent, each of these little mites that she put in. Jesus said she gave more than all the rich people combined because her percentage is 100%. That's what she gave. And they're just giving... They may be giving thousands of dollars, but it's just a tiny percentage of what they have. So percentage is what matters, not the dollar amount. Let's talk about our response to these scriptures. Lots of people, even unsaved people in the world, 
give money to charity or certain causes. The world's people can be moved by pictures of natural disaster or sad-eyed children in Africa or sad-eyed puppies, and they send their money into a charity. Or they give to the school fundraiser. Or they give to the local food bank or, or whatever. Mostly, the way the world gives is to ease our conscience and we give because we're emotionally manipulated and we're moved and we think we should. Or you don't want to walk past the raffle table at school and so you're going to throw a few bucks in there so that everybody sees you do it. And it's just, it's what we do. Us, as the church of Jesus, we've got to give in a way that's different than the world. Our giving has to be supernatural. Can I get a half an amen on that? Our giving has to be supernatural, which means three things that I know. There may be more, but I thought of three. It has to be sacrificial. We actually have to give up something of ourselves in order to give. There's something I'm going to do without because I'm giving. I'm not just throwing an extra couple dollars or taking my cans to the donation box so the kids can go on the Philly trip. Although I do that because I really want them to go on the Philly trip because I want them to love America. But it's got to be sacrificial. It has to be spirit-led. Our giving has to be spirit-led and our giving has to be by faith. Faith means doing it before you know the outcome. Thank you. Thank you. Not waiting till your debt is paid off. Not waiting till your bills are paid. Not waiting till maybe some month I'll have a little bit of extra and then I'll give that away. No, we give by faith up front before we know how it's going to turn out for us. That's supernatural giving. I give up front before I know how it's going to turn out. I give up what I would otherwise be able to purchase to give to God and take care of the poor around me. And I do it at the leading of the Holy Spirit and not just because some guy's standing on the corner with a gas can. Because most of that is lying. We're going to talk about that in a week or two. Last Christmas, uh, we were coming home from Missouri on January 2nd. We were driving uh, the second leg of the trip. uh, And in Twin Falls, at the Flying J, there was a guy with a cardboard sign and a gas can and a dog saying that he needed gas to get to Oklahoma City. And there was a bunch of people stopping and giving him money. Uh, we drive on home, and then get home that night. The next day, I come to Walmart to get groceries and restock our fridge after being gone for two weeks. The same guy in the same clothes with the same shirt and the same sign and the same dog is standing at our Walmart asking for gas to get to Oklahoma City. I'm like, dude, you're lost. You went the wrong direction if you're trying to get to Oklahoma City. I was so mad, I almost, I almost parked my vehicle and jumped out because he's robbing everybody. If they have a gas can, it's a prop. I just guarantee you, because who travels with a gas can? And, but now gas cans are ubiquitous. Every guy on the corner now has a gas can. But five years ago, did you ever see a gas can? No, because they work. We're going to talk about being spirit-led instead of getting robbed. Not being emotionally manipulated, but how to actually give charity in a way that God says to do it. 
Okay, we're going to talk about that in a couple weeks. But our giving has got to be sacrificial, it's got to be spirit-led, and it's got to be by faith. So first we tithe. God made it very clear. Two weeks ago we talked about all those scriptures. The first 10% comes to God in the church. Then after that, your generosity can go anywhere you want it to go. You can give to anybody you want to give it to. Uh, you can be generous toward God. You can be generous toward the ministry work of the church or a missionary. You, we get where to give to fellow Christians who have needs, beginning with widows and orphans. But there are people who honestly cannot work, and they need taken care of. And there's people in temporary trouble situations that need a lot of help. And in general, y'all are very good about taking care of people who uh, all of a sudden in the hospital are unemployed or... Uh, a lady that all of a sudden becomes a single mom with a bunch of kids and just, just outpouring of money and furniture and stuff uh, to take care of. And it, you, you all are very good about that. We can be generous. We can give gifts just to show love or honor to somebody that you love or somebody that you honor. Just to say thank you for being who you are in my life. And we do have a scriptural command to take care of the poor in general. So, again, more on that in a week or two. But... After we've tithed, the first 10% is God's. It has to come to the church. If you weren't here two weeks ago, you can listen to that online. But after that uh, is generosity. And uh, you heard the scriptures, and I'm just here this morning to challenge you to have a generous eye. Look for opportunities to be generous, because it is the proof of our obedience to the gospel that we say we believe. It really is. So some of you are very generous. Others of you are quite stingy. In case that's you, let's talk about some examples of what generosity looks like in an everyday Northeast Oregon life way. Some ways that I've seen generosity work in ways that's godly and, and fun and beautiful and good. We can be generous in lots of different ways. And I just made a list of things that I've thought of that have impressed me over the years. One thing that was a huge blessing to us when we had four kids under five, is, and it's something that still happens all the time in this church, is that people share kids' clothes. When your babies grow out of them or your 10-year-old grows out of them, there's, there's, obviously there's clothes you need to throw away because they've been used heavily, but but clothes are getting traded all the time. Instead of taking it to uh, sell it, it's just being given away to just to bless another family. Here, let me fill your closet. You've got kids coming up into my kids' sizes that they're growing out of. And people giving away baby cribs and bassinets and changing tables and swing sets and bikes and, and just stuff to take care of kids because having kids is really expensive. And so the generosity that happens just to take care of the kids of the church and the families that have needs is really a blessing to those who need them. I've seen people who have had need of appliance, their washing machine breaks down, and either word of mouth goes around the church or sometimes an ad goes up on the Facebook classifieds, but six people in the church volunteer to buy them a washing machine. Or, hey, I've got one, and you can have it. You know, or furniture. And when there's been in the, in the past a need for furniture, it's amazing what y'all have in storage that you didn't part with. And, you know, not, not all of it's real updatedly fashionable, but 
hey, it works to sit on and keep food cold and wash clothes and whatever it is. So the generosity to take care of people, we've been on the receiving and the giving end of that. And it's a lot of fun. And it's, it's very cool. Um, gift cards are always great. People love gift cards to whatever you want to buy them for. Uh, people periodically, not certainly every week or even every month, but periodically somebody will hand me a $100 Walmart card and say, here, Mitch, give this to somebody in the church you know could use it this month. And it's a lot of fun to play Santa Claus in that way and pass that blessing on and give it to somebody who needs to buy diapers or, or whatever they may need. Or maybe it's not even that they particularly need it, but it's just uh, I pray about it and God says, here, bless this person. And who wouldn't enjoy a $100 gift card? To Walmart, just even if you're only buying groceries, it's still it's a hundred bucks you can spend somewhere else that's more fun. So that's nice. If you're thinking nobody ever gave me a gift card, you're missing it. I'm talking about you giving the gift card. I'm talking about you giving the gift card. Okay, you're going to get them, but you have to give them first by faith, and then they come back. Remember, pressed down, shaken together. So you know, restaurant certificates and gift cards are lots of fun. It's really cool. Uh, to give and receive those. And uh, again, we've been on the receiving and the giving end of those. Pay for somebody else's check when you see somebody you know eating out. Sarah and I were in Ten Ten Depot a year, year and a half ago, and we didn't see anybody from this church in there. In fact, we didn't see anybody we know except one couple that we probably hadn't talked to in nearly 15 years. But they're fellow Christians and attend another church, and we knew who they were, but I'm not sure that they would have known who we were. But they got up and left without even saying hi to us. But three minutes after they left, our waitress came and said, and handed us a gift card and said, your dinner is paid for. And we opened up the gift card and it's a $75 gift card to the same restaurant from Jesus, is what it said. And we don't even know who did it, but I think it was this other couple, but it could have been somebody else. I don't even know, but it was a huge blessing. You know, we'd gone for, I don't know if it was our anniversary or what it was, but it was really cool. It was very nice. Um, There was a Time years ago, we went to the Flying J after church, and there was a couple from the church there, and they were finishing up as we were ordering, and we ordered and ate, and I went to the counter, and they said, oh, those people that were talking to you when you first got here, they paid for your meal. Right on. How exciting. You, know, you can pay ahead in the grocery aisle or the coffee window. You know, you can as the Lord leads. I missed an opportunity last week at Grocery Outlet. There's a woman from another church that I knew, and we said hi, and she was checking out at Grocery Outlet, and as soon as she swiped her card, I didn't have the idea until it was too late, but as soon as she swiped her card, I thought, dang, I missed it. I should have told the cashier not to ring her up, just let her take her bags and just keep ringing up my stuff, and I'll pay for it all when, I, you know, when we get all my stuff rung up. I, I, it's a woman that Sarah and I would like to bless, and maybe someday, but it's just an idea that I had for file away for the future. It would be fun to be generous. Just take the person in front of you and say, take your bags and run. <laughs> Make sure the cashier knows what's going on. I will just keep ringing it up, and I'll pay for it all when you get my stuff in there. You can be generous out of your garden and your freezer. And the people are around here. There's, in the summer, there's always a box of food out there. On the bench as you leave church, somebody's giving away their tomatoes or their zucchinis or something. It's an old joke, but it's true. You know, living in life in a small town, the only time you have to lock your car is August because if you don't, somebody's going to put his big zucchini in your front seat. (laughs) 
But you're growing more stuff than you need all at once. Particularly out of the garden, it's going to go bad, the tomatoes and whatever, if you don't get rid of them. So pass them out. Share. Even the stuff that you make, your salsa and your jelly and your jerky, give it away. It's fun. It is. You can give away the stuff out of your freezer. You can just buy somebody a gift for no occasion. Just I saw this. It made me think of you. I don't know if you need it or not. It's not Christmas. It's not your birthday. I just bought this for you because I love you. It's fun. Do that often. It creates relationship. It's really, it's good. Just be a generous person. You know, depending on what kind of church you go to, uh, sometimes it's called a Pentecostal handshake or a Baptist handshake, but you shake hands with somebody at church and you come away with a $100 bill in your hand. You know, well, it's never happened to me. I'm talking about you being the one who gives the $100 bill. Okay, shake somebody's hand and let them walk away with a 50. Years ago, I'm talking like 15 years ago, there was a, some secret Santa going around and people would leave church and there'd be a $100 bill under their wiper blade out in the parking lot. It quit probably because that's a really dumb place to leave a $100 bill. But a whole bunch of us uh, came, went out, and not all on the same day, but just scattered out through several Sundays over the course of a year or two. Uh, there'd be a $100 bill under the windshield wiper. and That's probably not real safe. Probably shouldn't do that. But somebody was just to have fun. They're probably sneaking around, looking out the window, watching somebody. Oh, look at this. Just be generous. Whoever you were that gave us a card at Christmas with the money in it, thank you very much. That was a huge blessing. A very specific, urgent need that we had. Um, That was very nice. Thank you. Be generous with your time. For some of you, that may be more sacrificial than giving away money is for you to go take care of somebody. Uh, help somebody with a project at their house. I have three different guys who've cut me firewood in the past. It's a huge blessing. It's, it really is. It means something very valuable. Um, to go help a, lady, a widow lady clean her gutters or move in her new fridge or shovel her snow or rake her leaves or a single mom or something that needs help and doesn't know how to do what it is that needs done. I, Be generous with your time. If you own a business, you can give away your service or your product. You're not obligated at all. None of this is obligation. God is not watching you with his arms crossed and a scowl on his face waiting for you to be more generous. He's waiting for you to do what you want to do in love. And he's very pleased when you do. But you can give away your product or service sometimes. Be generous with your home. Host guests for meals. We talked about that a lot last spring. Being generous with your home might be foster care. It might be sheltering somebody temporarily during some transition in their life. I know of at least eight vehicles that have been given away in this church. And I'm not including like parents to kids, but just people giving away their car. Some of them worth only a couple hundred bucks. Others worth several thousand, at least eight that I know of, and there may be even more. I don't even know. Some people can have been very generous. And then other people like the widow in the temple, there have been people who have given away their life savings. And I don't mean they sold their house and car and walked away naked, but they gave away all the money they had. Cleaned out the bank account and gave it all away. 
Not saying you have to. It's just an example of what it, lo- what it looks like. I am continually shocked and humbled by the generosity of the people in this room. Some of it has been toward us. Some of it I get to deliver. Somebody will hand me cash and say, go give this to so-and-so because I know they need it this week, and it's a lot of fun to go do that. Some of it, the, the receiver of the gift just comes and tells me what God did for them, and, and neither one of us knows who gave it, but of course God gets all the credit, and that's what we want anyway. Uh, some of the generosity I see, it's checks that come in the offering for a missionary or some visiting minister or something. Uh, I want to begin to close by saying this, that if you're going to be a generous person, you've got to understand before you do it, that a gift is a gift. There can be no strings attached. Only ribbons. A gift is a gift. No strings. Only ribbons. You can't ever give anything to get anything. That's not a gift. That's a payment or a bribe. Are you with me? Yeah. If, if you think that the person you gave something to is now beholden to you in some way, then you didn't give anything. You're trying to purchase their praise or their attention or their obedience. Or you're trying to manipulate something. A gift is a gift, and there's no strings attached. You can't buy somebody's friendship or love or attention. The receiver that you give the gift to has to be completely free to do whatever they want with the gift. Um, no expectations, no obligations. That's not to say that you won't be very disappointed sometimes with the gifts you give. It happens. Some of you are already nodding your head like you know. Giving, um, especially when it's sacrificial on your part, can be a sad and painful thing because people are really stupid sometimes. It's just something a generous person is going to have to live with. You know, you can't control what your kids and grandkids do with the inheritance you leave them. You can't give somebody a gift and say, I want you to use it for this. But then if they don't, you can't get it back. And you can't hold that against them because you gave them a gift. I had, there was another church in town having a, that was repainting their building. And we, our church, uh, wanted to pay for the paint. But I didn't tell him that. I just invited him out to lunch. And I had a, like an $800 check with me or something. I forget the exact amount. But I had a check with me to pay for the paint for their building. And I handed him the check across the table, and he got mad at me. His response when he opened the check was, his face got dark, and he said, I never asked you for this. That was his response. And I said, no, you didn't. That's right. It's a gift. (laughs) And it took a moment to defuse him, but his pride rose up, I think, because their church had less money and less people than us, and he took it as some sort of insult, like they needed help or something. And it wasn't that they needed help. We wanted to bless them and put our money where our mouth is about church unity and taking care of each other and being one body and it was totally given with joy and he ruined it 
because he got angry. Eventually, he calmed down, and he did say thank you, I think. But it was a very interesting educational experience. And it's not the only time I've had, I've never had anybody else get angry with me, but it is shocking how when you give to people how pride rises up so fast. And I've had people not say thank you. We've given big stuff, and people didn't say thank you. And it hurts. Like, you have no idea what a sacrifice this is and how much I love you that I'm giving this to you, and then you can't say thank you? And mostly, I, I do know it's because people are awkward. Like, like, our pride does not want to be the receiver. We want to be the giver. Because giving is power. Receiving is humility. Hello? Giving is power and receiving is humility. Let me give you some advice. If somebody gives you a gift, just say thank you. Don't even say something stupid like, well, you didn't have to do this. Well, I know I didn't have to. I want to. I love you. I care about you, and I wanted to give you a gift. Don't be stupid or insulting or worse. Just say thank you. So, again, I'm talking to you when you're giving. Sometimes it's disappointing. Sometimes it's heartbreaking. Uh, Sarah and I have given very costly things, and one couple took it and sold it. And use the money for something else. Like, yikes. Okay. We've given money for people who had a need that we knew about. And they didn't ask. Don't, don't ever ask. But, but we knew about it. And we've talked about it and prayed about it. And we gave a very large, sacrificial, huge sacrifice gift. And they spent the money on something else. And still had the need. Like, dang. We really could have used that money ourselves if you're just going to go blow it. It was, it, it's a gift. No strings attached. But for the most part, there's a lot of smiles and a lot of joy and love, and friendship, and answered prayers. You will, you will not know you're answering a prayer beforehand, but when you give, they're like, I needed this by tomorrow. Thank you so much. I have been praying about this. And God works in mysterious and quiet ways. So there's lots of answered prayers, and there's sometimes there's tears of thankfulness. And uh, it is... It is amazing, it's wonderful, it's beautiful to have a generous eye. Always have a generous eye. When you're the receiver, just say thank you. Some gifts will shock you. Some you're like, why are you giving me this? (laughs) Just say thank you and mean it. Say it several times. Be humble, be gracious, say thank you with a smile and uh, be a good receiver. When you're the giver, Give with hilarious joy. You're not ever obligated to. Don't feel like uh, you ever have to give to anything except as the Holy Spirit leads. The Holy Spirit is prompting you. Give even when you don't know. We're not giving because somebody needs it. We may know there's a need, but that's not why we're giving. We're giving because God said to. Right? That's, that's supernatural giving. And you may be giving to somebody that's richer than you, but God says to. Show, show them some honor. Show them some love. Do this kind thing for them. 
Um, so don't give, don't be moved just because of need. Be moved by love, be moved by honor, be moved by the Holy Spirit to do this. But you don't have to wait on the Holy Spirit. You can give just because you like somebody, just because you love them and you want to. Have a generous eye. It's fun to be generous. It truly is more blessed to give than to receive. It is, there is a blessing that comes with giving. You feel the joy when you get to give and show love. It's especially fun when you know it was God's timing in their life. Like, wow, I had no idea, but God used me to answer that prayer. It's so fun. Be blessed. Be generous. Have a generous eye. Lord, we love you. We bless you. We praise you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your instruction. Thank you for the leading of your spirit. Thank you for your generosity to us, that you take care of us, that you love us, that you always know what we need and you are moving situations and employments and gifts and whatever we need, Lord, you are going to provide it. You're always going to take care of us. Your word promises that we will always have enough for ourselves and extra to give away. So we give that extra away by faith before we see that there's enough. We will commit this morning to be generous, to have a generous eye, to look around for ways to give, to take care of other people, to spread joy and love and the testimony of your goodness in our lives. Thank you for the generous hearts in this room. Open our hearts, Lord, to even more, greater faith and greater generosity. We love you and we bless you. We praise your name. Amen.